1: Welcome to the Tuesday Crew on 88.7 WRSU. I'm Alec Krauthamel. I'm here with John Vasquez and Arnav Sarkar. How are you guys doing tonight?
2: Uh, I'm good. Um, you know, a little bit disappointed. I'm um, two frustrating losses with Rutgers losing to Iowa on Saturday and the Giants losing to the Cowboys last Monday night. So from a sports perspective, I'm pretty, like, you know, bummed out, broken, like all of that. But, you know, I'm kind of moving on and, you know, getting ready for, I guess, the new week. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Good game uh, yesterday, Monday Night Football. Yesterday also got to see some uh, Rutgers men's soccer. And just a couple things to be looking forward to, a couple things to talk about today. But all around good day. How you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, you may hear some different voices.
1: Uh, John and I are not usually on the Tuesday crew, but uh, today we had to uh, fill in, as some of our usuals couldn't make it tonight. But uh, we're going to have a good show regardless. So uh, as Arnav hinted last night on Monday Night Football, the Giants fell to the Dallas Cowboys to fall to 2-1. and one. So, uh, Arnov, what did you see from that game that really stuck out to you?
2: Um, well, I think the the main thing that stood out to me was Daniel Jones just getting sacked, pressured, not able to, you know, complete some of the passes, but more more so just getting sacked, you know, hurried, pressured, just hit by that Dallas defense. And, you know, that did not... Go well for the Giants, like at all, and that's what I'm really like frustrated about the way that like you know the offensive line wasn't able to protect him the way that they were just getting after him and he was trying to make plays and I've always I guess been a Daniel Jones like believer but even if I wasn't like it's just very upsetting to like you know see like our quarter my, you know my team's franchise quarterback or just quarterback even just like you know our guy under center just taking that kind of heat and the Giants not able to go three and zero with Dak Prescott you know unfortunately not being Available, but with Cooper Rush being the quarterback for Dallas, we hope to go three and zero. And I know, like, we'd be like the worst three and zero team or whatever everyone <laughs> likes to say. But three and zero is still three and zero. I mean, it's still a good start. Two and one. Um, I don't know I mean the Eagles look to be like a, a step above the Giants and the rest of the division honestly so I wasn't I guess it's not really serious that you could say that the Giants are really NFC's contenders this year but you know the, a wild card spot might be possible actually looking at the state of the NS- NFC and i you know 2-1 still a good start but I, I really did want to go 3-0 and I thought it could happen so I'm, I'm just like disappointed I guess
0: yeah definitely there were some things on the Giants offensive line that didn't really go their way but you know Daniel Jones he did scramble for a bunch of yards but like you said that offensive line wasn't really helping him out you kind of saw him running out of the pocket looking down the field didn't really have options and then he was just forced to kind of run down yeah Uh, but the Giants did have some things to look forward to obviously Saquon Barkley's Mm -hmm. been playing lights out so you know from a positive viewpoint you still have Saquon Barkley playing good Another downside is that Shepard is out for yeah. the rest of the season with that ACL, oh, that which really is definitely going to hurt the Giants. Um, and then if we look at the side of the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, Rush, is he, he's he's doing, he's doing his part. Um, you also had Lamb, who was making a couple of receptions uh, late in the fourth quarter. He was playing playing very well. So on both sides, you do have some positives. Uh, the Cowboys going 2-1 and one does kind of help them out. Uh, moving forward, just kind of want to see if that Giants offensive line can improve that way they could you know give daniel jones the time to throw you know to a receiver but with Shepard out it's going to be he's definitely limited in the option so they're definitely going to be relying a lot on that on that run game to uh get some plays
1: yeah one thing that probably obviously as you two said stuck out the most to me was the offensive line uh outside of andrew thomas who's looked really nice after you know starting his career out kind of slowly he's really blossomed into a nice left tackle um you know the dallas defensive line was getting after daniel jones and uh one thing that stuck out to me is the Giants need to get a receiver uh, I mean oh, yeah. already we I saw s- Sterling Shepard mm-hmm. go down for the year uh, But right now it's, it's looking like Richie James and David Sills are <laughs> some of the more consistent uh, receiving options for the Giants which going into the year and now going forward is not exactly what you want to hear with Kadarius Toney you know no one seems to know what the deal is with Kadarius Toney sometimes he's injured sometimes he's just not in the coaching staff's good graces and speaking of not being in the coaching staff's good graces, oh Kde- uh, Kenny Galladay, I mean he I don't think he had a catch last night. He yeah. dropped he dropped a big one on third down. He did. He did. Um, it's looking like the it's it's looking like a divorce is coming soon between Kenny Galladay and the New York Giants. So the Giants need to do something. I, I don't know if it's you know maybe sign Odell Beckham Jr. if really he's ready. That, yeah. Um, but they need they need someone to help out Daniel Jones on the receiving game.
0: Yeah, next game they're going to be playing the Bears coming off of that win against Houston. So Justin uh, just Fields isn't playing as you know his potential was, so maybe they could kind of take advantage of that. But it's going to be a tough game nonetheless, and we'll just see what they're able to do without, uh, without Shepard and see if – you know, they're going to have to really rely on uh, Saquon to really carry the team. We'll see what they'll be able to do, really.
1: Yeah, another thing I noticed last night, without Leonard Williams on the defensive line, the pass rush definitely suffered. Yeah. Uh, they definitely need to get some better pressure on the quarterback, particularly Justin Fields, who hasn't really been playing well so far this year. Mm-hmm. And stopping the uh, Bears' run game, which has been a strength for their offense this year, uh, whether it's David Montgomery or Khalil Herbert or whoever's going to be carrying the ball, they need, the Giants will need to, need to stop him and force Justin Fields to make a
0: mistake. Definitely, definitely, and uh, just moving forward, um, looking at some some future games. Looking at, for example, um, if we're looking at you know Thursday night football, that's a good game to be looking forward to. Dolphins and the Bengals. Obviously, Dolphins mm-hmm. coming off of that win, um, a very very good win. Looking at looking like one of the, I'd say top three top five teams in the NFL right now. Uh, Tua playing playing pretty good. He's been a lot more accurate. And I think that's kind of what he is uh, excelling at this season. Um, but that was a good, uh, good win against the Bills. Able to <laughs> obviously that that uh, punt was uh, a trendy little <laughs> meme going on for a while. But um, that's going to be a good game going up against you know Cincinnati. Got a win against the Jets. You know it's the Jets. Wow. So what can you really say <laughs> about that? But it's going to be a good game nonetheless. We'll be uh, looking forward to that one for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh moving on from just the NFL, our uh WRSU Sports Fantasy League. Uh the this week's this week came to an end last night. Now, John and I aren't in the uh fantasy league, so Arnov, who is in the league, how d how did you feel about your performance and some of the other performances around the league this week?
2: Um I feel. I mean, well, I I unfortunately lost for the first time this season. So <laughs> just like my New York Giants, I am two and one, which is not bad actually. I'm towards the top uh, of the league still. Um, yeah, it was just. I, I guess I kind of like made a little bit of a a mistake um, with. Um, I think what I did was I had Julia Jones in, and he scored zero. And I I should have probably put him in the f- in like on the bench and had you know, um, I guess Brees Hall as my flex instead of Garrett Wilson, the flex, and I should have moved Garrett Wilson to receiver, and I still would have fallen short to Jake's team, um, who's one, looking one of the best teams in the league, by by a few points, it would have been a competitive matchup, and it was still, like, I did, like, alright, but, like, not that great, like, I think around, like, I think, like, around 90-something points, I could, um, pull it up but he had like about like 110 so you know like I said like I, I, I already made the adjustment yeah I have nine my my score is 92.6 um, t- um Jake's team is um has one was 113.68 and um yeah so I mean I'm still like doing all right I guess I like, got two and one um Christian Vasquez's team's like the best in the league by like a long shot I think actually he had like I think 150 again this week and like his team's list looking like, like really, really, really good. But um, yeah. Um, I'm trying to find that like the matchups thing. Like oh, oh, here they are. So then, yes. Yeah, so team Jake snakes on one, almost one fourteen. My team Shiano sees a ninety two point six. Um, Jack Basayas the failed tray experiment with. Trey Lance being injured with um seventy two point five eight. Pure Ellis's Ellis's um Gordon's pure domination, one twenty four point four two. I was saying Christian Vasquez's um um yeah Christian Vasquez's team, the um, New York City Rats one fifty one point eighty eight, and Dylan Allen's team Kyler playing um Call of Duty eighty one point fifty six um dennis um he won with um against dylan mccoy in the most competitive matchup in the uh, of the week with 80 um his team animal style 185.44 to 85.14 eddie coligie's um daddy daddy notice me <laughs> 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 funny name right i love these names like one 138.5 to 98.46 and uh, 93.46 um which is um brett hans um coach hans team um um gideon fox um he beat David Palumbo by a score of um, 101.64 to 97.92 um, so um his team's name is Piscataway Fox over um the Plum beast and so finally in the last <laughs> matchup these guys are so clever right <laughs> in the last matchup John Hartnitz um chasing Claypools um beat um um uh, most on um, team mogo knows the way by a close margin of tw- 127 to 124.5 so quite the interesting week in um in fantasy and I mean Saquon had a good week I like my trade with Ellis where I got Damien Pierce and Garrett Wilson for he got Keenan Allen who was on my on the bench recovering from an injury so I think it worked out for both of us I, I guess I didn't truly have a stand-up performer that got me the wins, like in week 1, Saquon at 30, week 2, Tyreek at 40, this week Saquon at 22.6, not bad, Damien Pierce, 18.1, Zach, oh, I, I thought Zach Ertz at 30, he has 10.5, Garrett Wilson, 12, those are like some of the high, um, I guess, scorers, but it, it just wasn't good enough, Jake's team's pretty, I guess, like, you know, well-balanced overall, and I'm, I'm kind of short on receivers with 5.3 coming from Tyreek, and um, 0 from Julio Jones, and, you know, I should have put Brees, like I said, put Brees Hall in the flex and um, Garrett Wilson as my other receiver. I still would have fallen short, but I made the adjustments. So anyway, that's kind of like my fantasy recap and as well as the whole league. So if you guys have any thoughts on on, on that.
0: Yeah, no, I actually have uh, one of my friends who who is in a uh, fantasy league, and he, he just doesn't have a good quarterback who's uh, coming in. He's got Russell Wilson, and uh, obviously— I
2: mean, this season, I guess Russell Wilson's been struggling a little I know, bit, yeah, yeah. Overall, he's like a very good quarterback. He is, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. I mean, it's you're paying yeah. two hundred,
0: you know, two hundred fifty million. You're you're gonna be expecting some some big things, and you know, he did have he did have one drive where he really looked like like Russell Wilson, mm. but uh, other than that, I mean, he he hasn't really looked accurate. He's been overthrowing uh, on a couple of on a couple of big plays too he just hasn't been uh hitting his receivers. I know I saw one play it was Judy just couldn't he it was right behind him. Like these are things you kind of expect uh Wilson to be, you know, the best at and he's just been a little bit choppy, a little bit inconsistent. And it is it is a panic for the Broncos for sure. You can kind of see that after the first two games. You you weren't expecting that, but yeah, no, I, my friend just he's had a uh, some bad uh <laughs> some bad fortune with the uh, Russell Wilson as his uh, as his QB. I think he got like like eight points or something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> he's definitely. not been looking good. Not too great. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Funny thing I noticed on uh, one of the closer matchups that you mentioned between Dennis and Dylan, uh, it looked like there was a little bit of controversy with that uh, that punt in the Miami oh. Buffalo game that we <laughs> mentioned earlier. <laughs> Uh, apparently, it, uh, ESPN fantasy couldn't decide whether or not to count as a punt block and a safety. Um, and according to Dennis, they took away the punt block and the safety because no it was self-inflicted, as the uh, as the Dolphins punter kicked it off of uh, his own man's uh, right. <laughs> rear end. <Okay>. Um, so <laughs> that, that I'm that sure Dennis matter. is glad that uh, did Dennis. I, I'm sorry, I slipped my mind. Did Dennis win this week?
2: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I believe I s- he, I said he did in like a very close very close match.
1: So
0: so you said the c- the play was called as it was self-inflicted, right?
1: Yeah, so I don't think they attributed it because uh Dennis has the uh Buffalo defense. So oh. I don't believe they attributed it to the Buffalo defense oh, special teams. No. Although that definitely I hurts. guess I guess if he won, you know, doesn't matter as long as you get the W. For sure, yeah, for sure. Yeah,
2: he, he he still managed to pull off the win by point 0.4 point point 0.3 points actually. Yeah. So that's very close, yeah.
1: Yeah, now uh I guess we're gonna segue on to some more college football. Yeah. Uh, as most of us know, Rutgers fell to Ohio or to Iowa, sorry, uh, twenty-seven to ten this week, this past Saturday at a SHI or at SHI mm-hmm. Stadium, and then this week they will go to Columbus to face Ohio State, which uh, should be a very tough matchup for the Scarlet Knights, as Ohio State's still one of the top three teams in the country uh, right now. I believe Ohio State is favored by. F- about
2: 40 points. I think it's like 40, 40 and a half something like that. Yeah, so
1: it, it uh it'll be a tough game, but it, it'll still be a fun one as uh you know, Ohio State's a very good team offensively. CJ Stroud is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Yeah. And um, it should be it should be it should be an entertaining game uh, no matter what the score is with Ohio State.
0: What do you guys really think went wrong that game because they they started off and I mean it was a tight game, but after after the interceptions the, the game kind of just stretched out. It was, it was, it just went complete opposite way. Momentum went all into to Iowa. What, what do you guys really think went wrong? Because he threw for three hundred yards, so it's not like we were, wow. you know, it's not like they were, not you know throwing the ball. It's not like they weren't really rushing. So it was, it was a, it was a weird game for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, three hundred yards is an improvement from the fifty nine that we saw <laughs> against uh, against <laughs> Temple, um, but that that pick six really set the tone because Iowa Definitely. has one of the best secondaries in the country. Yeah. And honestly it was great return with a broken tackle to take it for a touchdown yeah. and then you know Joshua Youngblood gets lit up on a first down. He he got the first down then got lit up and lost the ball and it was a return for a touchdown. I was in the stands. I originally thought he was down, and then me too. they showed the replay. I was, like, and in the stands, too, and yep. I, I, I was. Well, we was were all
2: saying, or... like, I'm in the band, so, like, we are all saying, like, he's, he was down, he was down, then we couldn't see the replay, but, like, I mean, well, then we did, and then, you know, he <laughs> definitely wasn't down, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but that f- that hit was hard. Like, how do you, how are you supposed to hold on to the ball? Of, yeah. Like, to, a guy just slams in. It was, like, two defenders, I think. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, anyway, that's not to say, like, you can't do that, like, that, that's good on the Iowa defense for forcing, there's like, our defense is great, like, we're, we're good at, like, you know, getting stops, getting the offense offensive ball back, obviously, Adam Corsak flips the field, but the way Iowa, like, literally scores with their defense, like, bailing out their offense to that degree, literally with those two, like, I mean, literally, like, their defense is scoring, like, more than their offense, like, as, at least in the last game, and I also think in, like, their other, in, in their first game, too, like, they had, like, two safeties and a field goal, so, like, you know, it's a consistent pattern with Iowa having one of the worst offenses, even worse than ours, and one of the best defenses in the country. So, you know, their um, 14 points off turnovers is a huge momentum shifter. And that's really all they needed to kind of like seize the momentum. And then their offense got going a little bit late in, in like the third quarter. And by the time Rutgers got going, it was kind of too late. By too that late, point. Yeah.
0: So, what do you guys think could be a, a positive <laughs> going into this game against? against Iowa. Right now, <laughs> Iowa is fifth in the nation for points scored, 48 points scored. So, what wow. is there to look forward to <laughs> going into this game? What kind of what, what can we really see?
1: Um, you know, I think I think the defense looked very good again against mm-hmm. Iowa. There were a few tough breaks here and there, a couple big plays given up. They unfortunately couldn't get Spencer Petrus to make a mistake that, you know, so far this season and even leading into last season that he has made so far. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how because Ohio State, you know, they're elite on pretty much all sides of the ball offensively. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how the run defense can hold up uh, because, you know, the run defense has been a very big positive for the Scarlet Knights so far. So it'll be interesting to see how they hold up and then also how the secondary will hold up against C.J. Stroud in the passing attack of the Buckeyes.
0: Well, we'll definitely be looking forward to that game. It may may not look so pretty, but we kind of have hope. <laughs> <laughs> as a uh, mm-hmm. as a Rutgers fan, we can definitely uh, have some hope <laughs> in that aspect. And then
1: after that, we have uh, Nebraska coming to Piscataway, and that'll oh, be a blackout game on Friday, October seventh. So that should be a very fun environment again, like yeah, last Saturday. Yeah,
2: exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, moving on from uh, some college football, what other what other things are you guys looking at? I know there's some there's some good soccer. There's a game last night, and we do have a uh, interview coming up uh, soon with uh, Brugie. Uh, yesterday I was at the uh, Rutgers men's soccer game Going up against Fordham It was uh, 1-1 the score It was assist from Jackson Temple Going into uh, Avila to get the uh, the tie out I was um, to get into the lead Sorry I was at the game And uh, Jackson Temple Man that kid is He's he's a monster he's, uh, he's looking quick He's looking efficient He's been providing multiple games Scored a game prior to that Assisted this game and just running down that left-hand side, that left wing, he's just taking out defenders left and right. So with that uh, men's soccer team, still undefeated. I think this is their seventh game, uh, going undefeated. So they're looking pretty good. Same thing with the with the women's team. So Rutgers soccer all around is looking
1: looking really good. Yeah, the uh, the national rankings just came out not too long ago for and the uh, the Rutgers women's soccer is ranked tenth in the country. So that'll set up a, a top ten matchup with Northwestern. Uh, who's ranked 8th on Thursday at 8 o'clock. Uh, so that should be a very exciting matchup as uh, women's soccer. You know, they fell to Penn State. It was a tough game, but they rebounded uh, to defeat uh, defeat Maryland on a last-second goal by Sarah Brocious. Very exciting ending. That was. Uh, yeah. And so the Rutgers women's soccer and Rutgers men's soccer, they're both looking good so far, and they're looking to uh, continue with uh, continue with their strong seasons.
2: It's almost like ten feels low for like the women's soccer team at this point, cause they've they've been in like the top five for a while, and you know I'm not saying it's like too low. Like obviously we had the loss to Penn State, and um, you know, but like I mean that's it's a very good women's soccer team. Like coming off the you know college cup like the the final basically their final four last year and you know they had a strong undefeated start to the season this year obviously you got like you know reigning big ten freshman with the riley tiernan you got uh... alison you got like so many good players on offense defense goalkeeping, like everything and you know um... the men's teams also like they kind of got off to a, a bit of a slower start than the women's team but they seem to like pick it up as of late getting some big wins and Uh, I think both conference and non-conference play so you know it's a a good sign for both soccer teams and yeah we look to uh, keep watching them and you know keep covering them here at WRCU and you know um, hopefully both teams do make runs um, into the Big Ten tournament and beyond
0: Yeah I, I do agree with what you said I think 10 is a little harsh for the women's soccer team they were fourth and then i think they went to like sixth for a little bit yeah and now to 10th i just kind it of think like that's a little low but i i definitely agree i think it lot. is a little yeah, low I, yeah. I
1: definitely think it's a little low i mean they've been playing like one of the best teams in the country yeah and, you know it, it was if i recall the uh the weather out in state college was not very conducive for good soccer mm-hmm. either it was a rough one mm-hmm. very windy and rainy so uh Hopefully they can hopefully they can beat Northwestern and shoot their shoot themselves right back up in the rankings as they uh, as they start to run down the stretch run of this regular season.
0: Yeah, especially with Northwestern being number 8, I think that's that'll definitely boost their rank up a little bit. But I mean, if you look at their record, they're they have they're, they haven't uh, obviously they had that that one loss, but they're 10-1 0. Uh obviously, I guess the the loss in their uh, conference kind of hurts them a little bit still 10 is Uh, 10 is very harsh to be a final Four team last year and having 10 wins this year first six games all shutouts I think that's a that's a little harsh for the women's soccer team but you know coming to the end of the mid kind of towards the end of the season so I think they'll be fine I think Northwestern game is definitely going to help them if they do get that win so a lot to look forward to on the uh, soccer side of Rutgers for sure
1: definitely definitely and then uh, we will hear an interview with our very own Alex Carminati on the other side of uh, the bottom of the hour with Jason Barigi, midfielder for the men's soccer team. Uh, so, how about we go? Let's see what we'd like to talk about now. We can uh, we can talk about a little bit more NFL, I guess. Yeah,
2: that's what I was thinking. Any other um, games I guess besides like the Giants game that you guys like? You one of the weirder about?
1: games was uh, I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan, so the Seahawks unfortunately <laughs> fell to the Falcons oh. this week. By no fault of Geno Smith, might I add, he's been playing. He's been playing great so far this year. Um, he's really been performing. I mean, no one expected him to. No. Yeah, Many people no, thought he should no. lose the job to Drew Locke, but he's really <laughs> been performing well. The offense as a whole has really been performing very well. Um, it's the defense that's becoming an issue. You know, losing Jamal Adams has been a huge problem because mm-hmm. Josh Jones, who they signed in free agency, is to be like a little backup depth piece at safety. Uh, he obviously is not Jamal Adams, but uh, it's been it's been kind of rough <laughs> trying to replace him. Yeah. And you know what? It's the secondary's young. Tariq Wolin has actually been uh, a bright spot in that secondary. He grabbed his first career interception off Marcus Mariota yesterday, or not yesterday Sunday, excuse me. Um, he's look he's looked good. I, he was a uh, he's a wide receiver. a converted wide receiver, uh, playing for UTSA. He had one of the fastest forty times in the entire combine. Uh, he's looked good so far, um, but other parts of the defense not so much. The front seven especially has been kind of rough. Uh, they can't seem to get a lot of pressure on the quarterback or stop the run. Like uh, one of the one of the main decisions that, in my opinion, you know, I don't want to say lost the game, but it didn't set them up in a good place to succeed. They had fourth and two on the Atlanta seven, and Pete Carroll decided to call a timeout. And then kick a field goal with Jason Myers. And Myers made the field goal to make it a 23-20 to 20 game. Um, but then two plays later, you know, Cordero Patterson rips off a 40-yard run and then a 30-yard run. Uh, and they're already back in the red zone. And then Atlanta scored on a Drake-London touchdown on that drive. Uh, and that was the last score of the game. So I'm sure Pete Carroll is kicking himself for taking the timeout and taking the field goal. Um, I really thought they should have gone for it based on what the defense has shown so far this year. It's It's been rough, but um, – they, fa- they faced the Lions this weekend, which should be another offensive shootout because both both teams are struggling defensively. Although uh, Ohio State Ohio State's own Jeff Okuda looked very good covering Justin Jefferson this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like he's finally starting to break out. And good for him after he tore his Achilles last year. Uh, but a lot of interesting action across the National
0: Football League this weekend. Yeah, no, I was I was gonna agree with you. Uh, I I'm a Broncos fan, so having having Drew Locke for a little bit of time, he, he's he's not gonna perform much better so i think geno smith is getting a lot of unnecessary hate and it's easy to take the put the blame on him because he's not you know their usual starting quarterback with uh, wilson gone so it's easy to kind of kind of put the blame on him kind of say oh it's his fault but i think he's playing lights out since the first week we saw that against against the broncos where he just completely dominated the game and um, this weekend i mean throwing two touchdowns obviously the interception hurt them um, but he's been throwing 250 up in yards, so I mean, I, I think he's he's been solid at, in uh, in that point. I think up against the Lions, I think it'll be another good performance by him. I, I don't see them switching to Drew Lock anytime in the season, and and I also don't think they should do that. I I think that would hurt them uh, more than it would benefit them. So I, I mean, obviously, I don't I'm not <laughs> I don't think they'll get into any type of playoff contention, but. No offense.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've, I've come to terms with
0: that. <laughs> but I, I think Geno Smith, for, for the time being, I think he, he'll, he'll still be performing well. I think all the games that they do play are going to be close. Um, but I do think he, he can definitely finish out games with the circumstance that he, he was put in. So yeah, I don't I, think it's too much of a worry.
1: I mean, I've been pleasantly surprised by Geno. He's uh, he's looked really good. So I, I'm happy with the quarterback play at the very least. And DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are, once again, a great compliment as a receiving duo. Um, so, you know what? There's some promise in Seattle. Maybe not this year, but it'll come <laughs> soon. it <It'll> come soon.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, before we go to break and before we get to that interview, we can uh, just talk about U.S. men's national soccer team before we get into a soccer interview. So it was a friendly, but they did go up against uh, Saudi Arabia today. Score was 0-0. So this is the second game in a row that the U.S. men's national team has not scored. Didn't score anything against Japan. They lost 2-0 that game. Didn't score today against Saudi Arabia. And the craziest part is in two games, guess how many shots they've had in two games? In two full 90-minute games, guess how many shots the U.S. have had? I'm going to guess it's not a lot. It's 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 not a lot whatsoever. I'm going to say two. It, that's exactly it. in wow. In two full 90-minute games, U.S. men's national team have registered two shots on goal. And the next time they're going to be playing is going to be... In the world cup so it is a slight worry for the uh men's soccer team obviously with the likes of pulisic reina McKenny, uh, you got you have class players who aren't even registering shots let alone any goals so it is a worry for the us especially in that group you got england you have wales so you have some big competitors that you're gonna be going up against and the way they're playing it's, it's hard to even see them making it out of the group stages so us are are a little bit in trouble. So let's hope that you know they could obviously fix <laughs> fix their uh fix their form because going into the going into the season going into the world cup with two shots and two games is is it's they're not going to get anywhere with that. Yeah, so with that we
1: will head to a break. Uh, on the other side of this break you'll hear our very own Alex Carminati uh, interview men's soccer midfielder Jason Barigi uh, as you are listening to the Tuesday Crew on WRSU FM and online at wrcu.org.
3: Welcome back to The Crew, the Tuesday edition here on WRSU-FM New Brunswick, I'm Alex Carminati. The guys will return with you in a few minutes right now. Jason Barigi of Rutgers Men's Soccer sits down with me to talk about last night's tie versus Fordham, but altogether how the Skull Knights are playing so far in the month of September. A shaky start has turned around Rutgers to go 4-0-1-1 in their last five games, where they're outscoring opponents 12-4. Their next matchup to finish out September in Columbus versus Ohio State. Here's my conversation with Jason, only here on WRSU FM, New Brunswick. Skull Knights Nation, what's going on? I'm Alex Carbonati of WRSU. Rutgers men's soccer, 5 1 3 at this point of the new season. Skull Knights coming off a draw to Fordham last night. Next up, Ohio State in Columbus later in the week. Joining me right now, Jason Barigi, who scored the game winning goal in Rutgers' last Big Ten victory at Wisconsin last Friday by a score of 2 0. Jason, how are you, my friend? i How are you? Jason, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it all together. And, you know, this team right now is 5-1-3. Yes, you're coming off the tie last night. But this team is starting to really pick things up. You had a big win versus Northwestern. You had a shutout win at Wisconsin. Take me through your Big Ten play so far and how this team has been able to really, really sc- score more goals in the last few contests.
4: Yeah, I think in the beginning of the season, we were just trying to find that rhythm. Uh, And then going into the Northwestern game, we knew what it took to be the team that we want to be this season and to make it to the Big Ten uh, Championship. So every game, we kind of just give it our all. We we go full steam ahead. Um, We link up. We connect. um, And, yeah, I think if we're on a goal and we have our chances, we take them. And all it really takes is one opportunity for anyone up top. And I think we'll finish it, so...
3: Take me through your goal at Wisconsin last Friday. Your goal was the game-winning one. Rutgers won 2-0. That's the first time this season Rutgers has shut out a Big Ten opponent or any opponent in general. How are you able to score that goal and lead Rutgers to that victory?
4: Yeah, so me and MD have been connecting a lot throughout the season. Um, And I think it was Ula who played the ball through to MD, and I knew right when MD – Received the ball through the through the pocket. I knew he, like, he knew I was coming up right behind him, so he just back heeled into my way, and I just got there first and just sawed it to the bottom left corner. And uh, I knew right when the ball was against him that he saw my run. So I just, I'm always close to him whenever the ball is near him, so he just slipped me in and I finished it off.
3: You, the last few games, you've been, you've been getting more playing time, a lot more offensive chances. In the last few games, you've scored two game-winning goals. The win against Ryder, you scored the game-winning goal, and, of course, the one at Madison versus Wisconsin. How have you been able to get more time and and really capitalize on your offensive chances?
4: Yeah, I think it just comes with uh, performance. Um, I think even as a team, when we start playing, the way that we, that we can play, start moving the ball and play, uh together we just become a better team so just scoring the chances that I get in front of me uh I think really help and just try to be the best part I can be for the team and for myself is I think what is uh working right now so
3: take me through last night's tie you had the lead you lost it about five minutes afterwards it was a good game back and forth it was a final of one-one after 90 minutes what worked last night what didn't work last night
4: I think we just got really unlucky with their goal. Uh, we just tried to clear it, and it took an unfortunate deflection and led right to that path. But the majority of the game, we had we had the ball pretty much the whole game. Um, but ultimately, I think it was just very unlucky that we, uh, that we conceded. But now yeah, we just look forward to our game.
3: Well, again, you know, last night was a game that Coach Jim McElroy, he played his old team in Fordham. What did Coach tell you about the way to prepare for this game? How did he prep you for this game? And were you shocked in the way Fordham played at all?
4: It is. We just prepared for like any other game we would, whether it's a big Ten game or just a regular season game or a non-conference game. Again, it was just unfortunate that we conceded, but, you know, we just went into it like it was another game.
3: And again at Columbus another big matchup against Ohio State. Let's say you win you'll be 3 and 0 to kick off Big 10 play. For the 1-1 and 2 start to where we are right now at 5-1 and 3, let's say you beat Ohio State you'll be thrown 3 and 0 like I mentioned. What would that mean for this team to end September with such a big win? And again, we look back at the way you started September, the tie versus Princeton, the tie versus Yale, the win versus Ryder, and then of course, you know, the comeback win versus Albany, the win versus Northwestern, Wisconsin victory, and of course, last night's tie. If you can finish, finish off September with the win at Ohio State, start Big Ten play 3-0, and how would that look for this team going forward, especially with the way this month started?
4: think it would be I think it would be a great great start for us um it's what we expect from ourselves and what we want uh heading into more big 10 play I think coming back home being 3-0 in the big 10 would be huge for us um but that just in our control it's what we do as a team and uh yeah, we start off rough, but now I think we're really getting to a group of things. I think we can be real special this year.
3: Definitely, indeed. And again, in, in October, your first October matchup will be at home. You're hosting Maryland at your sack field on October 4th. What is the preparation going to be like for that game? It's a big matchup. Last year, you tied with them at College Park. The year before that, you lost them in the Big Ten tournament. Take me through the the, uh, the preparation for a game like that versus Maryland, where you've been so, so close to beat them. How can you actually get the job done this year?
4: I yeah, know we're excited for that game. Um, but as of right now, I think that if we just keep playing the way that we play, then I think we can beat any team in the nation, honestly. Um, again, I, I guess our biggest focus is Ohio State right now, but I think when we are playing at home, that, you know, with the, the crowd behind us and everything, I think we can really be special and we can be any team that's in our way.
3: Definitely indeed. And again, you mentioned, you know, your. Welcome back to the crew the Tuesday edition here on w r u f m um
4: again I guess our biggest focus is a house right now, but I think when we are playing at home that you know with the the crowd behind us and everything, I think we can really be special and we can be any team that's in our way.
3: Definitely, indeed, and again, you mentioned you know your play with MD Myers earlier. Jackson Temple assisted on the uh, goal for Rutgers last night. Take me through the way you're playing with Jackson and MD so far, and how you've been able to get more chances that you've been getting so far.
4: Yeah, I, I love playing with them. Um, that you know Jackson's such an effective player out wide that whether he's cutting inside or going down the line, you just know it he. You, we just connect. We all have the same thought process. We know what runs to make, how to play together, how to link up. Um, And I think that really comes with any player that comes on the pitch as well. I think we are all very similar-minded players where we know what our strengths are, each other's strengths are, our thought processes. Um, But, yeah, you know, playing with MD and Jackson is great. Um, I think we just connect very well. And, you know, hopefully we can do the same at Ohio.
3: Not just you, but guys like Cole Cruthers, guys like Pablo Avila, Ula Malin, Ian Abbey, players like that, they've been getting involved as well with the play of Jackson and MD. How have those two been able to lead the offense and not just get you involved, but those other players like I've mentioned?
4: Yeah, MD's, you know, MD's game, his whole game is, is amazing. So whenever Jackson gets the ball, he just plays us. Uh, he lets the game flow. He lets everyone get on the ball. Uh, And even Jackson, when he's isolated, he's very dangerous, but he can even connect with whether it's Pablo, Cole, uh, whoever is in in those spots. Um, And he can just really help the flow of the game as well.
3: Last question for you, Jason Barigi joining me, Alex Carminati, here on the crew on on WRSUF New Brunswick. Uh, Jason, altogether, again, this team is 5-1-3. You're having a very good start to the year. It was a little quiet at first, but you're starting to really, really turn things around as of late. What was the real kicker, you can say, was the five-goal second-half comeback win against Albany. From that, you know, you're 2-0 in Big Ten play. You tied last night, but you are going to Columbus, looking to go 3-0 in Big Ten play to kick off your in-conference uh, season altogether. Describe the year for me in one word, and what can that one word be to keep you guys going in October and beyond next month?
4: One word would be um, family. Family would be the one word, I would say. I think whether it's in the locker room or on the field or whether – back at where we're living on campus, we're always together, we're always like a family, we're always looking out for one another, and I think it's the most important thing that we have is the bond that we have as a team, and I think that can take us over the edge against any other team.
3: We'll see how it all plays out. Rutgers next takes on Ohio State and Columbus, then in October they host Maryland to kick off the October month of play, Rutgers hosting the Terrapins on October 4th. At your sack field, WRSU, of course, will have coverage of the matchup. But Jason Barigi, Jason, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. All the best to you going forward. All the best to the team going forward, especially this week versus Ohio State. Yep, Thank you so much.
1: That was our very own Alex Carminati interviewing midfielder Jason Barigi of Rutgers Men's Soccer. On the other side of this break, we'll have our locks of the week. And you are listening to 88.7 WRSU-FM and online at wrsu.org. Welcome back to the Tuesday crew on WRSU 88.7 FM New York and online at wrsu.org. We now have our Locks of the Week segment where we will give you some of the uh, best and worst betting advice you can find. And uh, if you're trusting us as uh, college students for betting advice, I do not recommend it. Uh, So I guess I'll go first with my Lock of the Week. Uh, Tonight, we have the Yankees and the Blue Jays uh, in Toronto on TBS. Uh, I'm going to be taking the over-under on that game. Right now, the over-under is set at 8. I'm going to be taking the over because tonight we have a pitching matchup between... Jose Burrios and Jameson Tyone. Uh, Jose Burrios has given up the second most home runs as a starting pitcher in the American League, behind New York's own Garrett Cole. Uh, and Jameson Tyone uh, has been suspect recently. He's been, you know, he's been liable to some blowups here and there. And uh, Aaron Judge is looking for his sixty-first home run to tie Roger Maris's American League record, and he has a nine twenty OPS in his career when facing Jose Burrio. so i figured that's going to be a very high scoring game between two very potent offensive teams uh, so i'm taking the over of 8 runs being scored tonight in toronto who wants to go next
2: um yeah i could go next um i was looking at like a lot of the college football games this week and you know i mean i could do something obvious or a fun one would be I was thinking about Michigan, Iowa, but that ten and a half spread makes me un- uneasy either way because I feel like Iowa could cover that or Michigan could just blow them out, and I don't really know what to expect. I kind of do want to watch that one before I come over here because I'm gonna be in um at WRC for you know Rutgers, Ohio State, which oh but and um you know it should be a fun game, but that is actually the game I'm gonna pick. I'm I'm picking Rutgers to cover <laughs> the massive forty to, like, whatever it is, 40.5 spread. Whoa. I mean, like... Hot take. Yeah, I don't know if it's gonna work out, but, like, I'm not saying we win this game by any stretch of imagination, but, I mean, it's, like, 40 points. Like, you know, there's a decent chance of us covering it. Like, I mean, I know that they're, like, really good and, you know, they have, like, one of the best offenses in the country, but, you know, I mean... It's supposed to be locks of the week, but I don't know. I kind of like taking chances. I want to, like, see if this one works out. I mean, last week, I kind of realized my lock of the week for the Iowa. I covered records against—I picked records to cover against Iowa last week. That didn't work out. The over hit, I think Alex was—yeah, le- uh, like, um— yeah, Alex Carmenati He was like um, a defensive. Sc- Rutgers is gonna score some sort of defensive touchdown. That didn't happen. So, like literally, none of our cover, Um, you know, betting advice for the Rutgers Iowa game hit, including the under, so um or or the cover, which I I thought I was very confident in in us covering that game. Um, but you know, here we go again. I don't know. Forty points is, is huge. I mean. It could be like a 30-point win. It could be a 40-point win. It could be 37-point win. But hopefully it's not like a 50-point win. That's all I'm going to say.
0: <laughs> like like Alex said at the beginning, we're college students. Our betting advice <laughs> is not yeah, the most reliable yeah. <laughs> by any means necessary. So um, I'm going to take it to the Premier League where I have the Manchester Derby, Manchester City versus Manchester United. Obviously, two teams uh, in the top five. Man City are in second right now, Maine United in 12th. Man City are going to be the favorites going into the game, and I'm going to be taking Man City going into this game against United. United are having a bit of squad depth with, obviously, Ronaldo not being in form right now. They have Rashford injured, and with the likes of Ilanga, Sancho, Bruno Fernandes, they they have talented players, but I don't think they have enough to... Take out City. City with uh, Holland, eleven goals right now, looking to be breaking the golden boot record. So I'm going to be taking Man City, and I'm also going to be taking them to score more than two goals. I think with Holland up top and De Bruyne feeding him the ball, you're going to get you're going to get goals in that game. Bernardo Silva on one side, maybe Foden on the other. So I just think all around they are in the Etihad too, so they're going to be playing on City's home ground. So with that being said, I I don't see I don't see United winning that game at all, so I'm going to be going with Manchester City. That game is Sunday, kickoff at 9 a.m. All right, so those are our locks of the week. We had a diverse set of locks today. Uh,
1: we had I myself going baseball. Arnav went with Rutgers versus Ohio State, and then John went with Manchester City versus Manchester United. Um, I guess to go off of that a little bit, I don't, I don't know how, mu- how much uh, you two follow baseball, um, but, you know, Aaron Judge has hit 60 home runs this season. Insane. Which, yeah, That's absolutely insane. insane. Um, and he's gone 33 at-bats without hitting a home run, which, you know, when he when you hit 60 going 33 at-bats or about six games it's it's at now, I believe, it feels like an eternity. So tonight just feels like the night that he's going to hit 61, especially, like I mentioned earlier, he's going against Jose Barrios, a pitcher that he's really played very, very well against for his entire career uh, tonight just feels like the night I hope I so yeah you know, I, I yeah. don't know if I, I think he'll hit 61 I don't know if he'll hit 62 that'd be really cool if he did uh, like Albert Pujols he could go double up in in records in one game um, but yeah I, I'm, I'm feeling good about uh, taking the over in that uh, Yankees Blue Jays game especially you know Jameson Tyone struggled a bit um, it'll be interesting to see because the uh the Blue Jays won last night in extra innings. It'll be
0: interesting to see how how the offenses play tonight. So, with that being said, are you uh, are you a Yankees or are you a Mets guy? I'm I'm a big Yankees guy. Okay, okay, yeah. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> Yankees all the way. Yeah. yeah, all that. Uh, I remember like mid season when or when was it last month two months ago when the Yankees had that that drought oh. all the Mets fans are like this is us this is, we're, we're the we're the ones who run New York no 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 that's that's just not true that's just <laughs> not true the <laughs>
1: Yankees the Yankees seem to have found their mojo again you know yeah. they swept the Red Sox who admittedly are you know in last place in the AL East they're not a very good team this year no. but anytime you can sweep the Red Sox it's
0: it's it's a good weekend those are good bragging rights to have exactly <laughs> especially with the uh, Red Sox exactly. Yankee rivalry that's a good good bragging rights to have and yeah last game is uh next wednesday october 5th before the playoffs so i think they are finding their mojo at the right time i think aaron judge is, is going to be just fine i think he is going to get 61 i think he'll i think he'll hit it tonight as well but i think he's getting his mojo right before right before the playoffs so i think the yankees are in a really good position
1: and with a win tonight they will clinch the al east which uh you know without that august you know august uh slump that they had this division could have been over a, l- a while before, but Definitely. if they win tonight, pretty much if they win any of the next few games against Toronto, they will clinch the AL East and will get the second seed, which means they will get a bye along with Houston uh, in the American League playoffs. So looking around the some looking around at the Mets tonight, uh, who are the Mets playing tonight? Or are they playing tonight? Yeah, the Mets are playing tonight. They're going against the Marlins. They are, that's right. They're going against Pablo Lopez with Carlos Carrasco on the mound. Yeah. They so are be, uh,
0: complete favorites for that game. Yeah, understandably uh, so. I mean, if you if you check the spread for the game, it's over under seven. So yeah, they're most likely going to win that game. Complete yeah. favorites for that one.
1: No, I'm assuming the Marlins have pretty much checked out on this season. I mean, Don Mattingly announcing that he will not return next season. That they need a change of voice in the uh, in the Miami locker room. Yeah, uh, and then you know it looks like there's a, a bit of a bit of a chase going on down at the bottom of the wild card. Uh, The Phillies have a a one-and-a-half game lead over the Milwaukee Brewers for that last playoff spot. And, um, yes, that should be interesting to see what happens this week. You know, Nick Castellanos Castellanos, was activated off the injured list today. So uh, while it may not seem like it this year, uh, he's a great bat and can help them clinch this week. They can clinch a playoff spot. And, uh, man, what a disaster the second half of the season has been for the Milwaukee Brewers. (laughs) They've had a tough one for sure. Yeah. I mean, the Josh Hader trade is looking like a lose-lose both ways, although Hader has looked better recently. Um, The return that the Brewers received being Taylor Rogers, who has struggled uh, even when he was a Padre and now in a Brewers uniform he struggled. Dinos and Lamette, they designated for assignment, what, two days after that trade? Mm. And then they got a couple prospects. Um, Hopefully they pan out because if not, it's looking like a pretty rough trade for both sides. (laughs) Now, the Padres speaking of which, they're still they're still in the playoff hunt. They currently own the second wild card spot. They are a game and a half up on the Phillies. Uh, and obviously Atlanta's going to run away with that first spot. They may still catch the Mets, you know, they're a game behind. It looks like they're a game, game and a half behind the half, Mets, game. Yeah, and,
0: yeah. They're close actually.
1: I mean, that that division, you know, that that division's going that division race is going to be huge too because the winner of that division will get the second seed in the National League playoffs which means they also get a bye, like the Yankees most likely will. Uh they will get a bye, which means they won't have to waste their starting pitchers, such as Jacob deGrom and or Max Scherzer, on the wild card round. So I think for the Mets
0: especially winning that division would be hugely important. And I think they will, to be honest with you. I think they do have the, the upper hand in that in that sense. I think the game and a half is a little it's not much, but I just think they are they they're still in good form, so I think they'll they'll get that bye week. Yeah, which will Mets, be helpful.
1: Well, the Mets remaining schedule, they play against the Marlins tonight and tomorrow night, and then on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday they have a three-game set in Atlanta against the Braves. That's going to be crucial. That will probably decide the division. It will, for yeah, being honest.
0: It will it will be those those three games, that And then are next week
1: do. they close out the season against the Washington Nationals, who they hope to they hope to beat the Washington Nationals. As for Atlanta, obviously they're play and they are playing the na- the, na- the Braves are playing the Nationals tonight and tomorrow, and then obviously they have the three game set against the the Mets, mm-hmm. and then they finish off their season season with a three game series against the Marlins, so you know the Mets and the Braves they will play each other and then along with the two bottom feeder teams in the National League east so it should be an interesting division race you know if they keep if each team keeps up their pace, looks like the Mets could win it, and that would be huge for their playoff odds as they won't have to use their top two starting pitchers in the wild card round
0: yeah, so good news for Baseball Good news We've talked about Some football Got some baseball Um Aren't of anything Anything up to date That you wanted to To mention
2: Um yeah, actually, I'm not quite the biggest baseball fan. A lot of my friends actually are. Um, I am, like, a Yankees fan, too. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about the whole home run pursuit. Um, um, you know, I hopefully he gets it tonight or sometime soon. I don't <laughs> know if, there, if there's any nerves or anything, but, I mean, I'm sure he'll, he'll get it. You know, 61, 62, um, um, they'll come. The Yankees do look good. I'm glad they're... They're finding their stride again after quite a long, you know, stretch where they were struggling. And, you know, the playoffs should be um, fun. I mean, the Astros are going to be a tough out if that Yankees-Astros series does happen. Also, um, in the uh, National League, I mean, the Mets-Braves division race, that's going down to the wire. Both teams are, you know, battling out for it. Um, you know, I think the, the Braves are, like, exactly, like, just one game behind right now, and that's kind of, they, they've been on their heels for a while. The Phillies and, I guess, Brewers are, are kind of fighting it out for the wild card spots. So, I mean, you know, a lot of interesting stuff. I mean, some of my friends are, like, you know, Philly friends from South Jersey. So, um, you know, like, it's always fun when you, like, talk baseball and talk. Um, you know, with, with your teams being relevant, especially this late in the season, going into in, into the postseason, and um, yeah, so that's kind of what I'm looking forward to in terms of Aaron Judge's home run pursuit, and you know, the playoff standings, and we'll get underway. The playoffs will get underway in October.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the best part of the season. Uh, it's the most fun. Unfortunately, for other teams, it won't be as fun. The <laughs> 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 team's eliminated. be sorry, you probably won't get much. Uh, Get much attention, but uh, <laughs> I mean, in terms of the American League Wild Card and the American League, American League Central is a weird division. I mean, it's full of some middling teams, a couple of bad teams. The Guardians came out of nowhere and clinched the division a couple days ago. How about the season that they're having? With the youngest team in baseball, an elite rotation, elite bullpen, Emmanuel Clause has looked lights out. That's impressive. Uh, that, that trade, that Corey, that Corey Kluber trade with the Rangers is looking real nice for Cleveland right now as they got Klasse, uh as part of that return for Corey Kluber. And Kluber pitched, what, two innings in a Rangers uniform? Um, so, you know, Cleveland's definitely flying high right now. Um, in terms of, as a Yankee fan, who I would want to face – sorry Cleveland I would probably want to face the 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 Guardians the most uh, they seem to not really scare me as much as the Rays and their weird voodoo magic of just being good no matter what yeah
0: I, th- I think it's that experience factor that kind of ties into it you just obviously the, um, you know they are like you said they're a younger team so uh, I think with the Yankees experience I think like you said I would prefer to face them just because of experience and just um, I think I think when you're when you're looking at the Yankees, I just think they, they they have the upper hand in that in that challenge if they were to you know go up against them.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of the uh, in terms of the wild card teams, I mean, it stinks to say that the Orioles are just about out of it, but uh, it looks like a, a great season is going to come to an end soon. But they have a bright bright future. I mean, Grayson Rodriguez still hasn't hit the majors yet. He could be a huge part of that rotation. He could be one of the best pitchers in the American League for years to come. Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rutschman, two of the top prospects in baseball. I mean, their future is very, very bright. Uh, and they're going to have an interesting offseason where, uh, you know, we'll see how far they can progress next for the Baltimore Orioles. And with that, we're probably going to we're gonna head to a break. Uh, you are listening to WRSU FM 88.7, New Brunswick, or online at wrsu.org.